Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman, and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. Let's go and open our Bibles again today. Uh, we introduced a new study, just a temporary topical study on the triumphal entry. <clears throat> and we looked at Luke chapter number 19 and the triumphal entry when Jesus, you know, he came up, uh, drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the Mount Call of Olivet, and he sat with his two disciples, and he said, you guys go down into the village and find a colt tie that no one's ever sat loose it and bring it to me. And if they come out and ask you, tell them the Lord has need of it. So they went and they got it, and they said the Lord has need of him, and they brought him to Jesus. And he came down the Mount of Olives, and he went to the eastern gate. And as he came through, they said, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace and glory, and in peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And then, as Pharisee, then the Pharisees said, um, Teacher, you know, tell your disciples uh, to uh, to rebuke them uh, for basically calling you the Messiah. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that the, that if these should keep silent, even the very stones would immediately cry out. Now, <clears throat> this week we are about to. This is called the Passion Week historically. The Passion Week began with the triumphal entry, and it culminated with the crucifixion. Today's Good Friday, uh, when Jesus was crucified, and the resurrection on Sunday morning. So, just want to go over from the triumphal entry to the point where Jesus was crucified, and then after this, we can talk about the resurrection. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to get it all done before Sunday, but we'll go over into next week, no problem. But we turned over to look at Daniel chapter number 9. And in Daniel chapter number 9, we have one of the greatest prophecies in all of Scripture. In Daniel chapter 9 and verse number 1, we saw in the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the lineage of the Medes, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. We know that this was in 538 B.C., and then it says, in the first year of Daniel, I understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of the Lord that he should accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Apparently, as we said last time, Daniel was a student of Scripture, and he was reading Jeremiah 25 and Jeremiah 29 that talked about how that they would be carried away into Babylon for a period of 70 years. And then we asked that question, why? Because when they came into the promised land, they dwelt there for 490 years. And during that 490 years, the Lord told them, Every seventh year you are to allow the land to rest. You're allowed to lay fallow and trust me. And if you'll trust me in the sixth year, I'll give you enough crops to cover you all the way through the ninth year if you'll just trust me. But we know that they did not do this. <clears throat> and in Second Chronicles chapter number 36 we are told in verse number 20 that King Nebuchadnezzar carried them away to Babylon where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. And why? For as to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. For as long as she lay desolate, she kept her Sabbaths to fulfill 70 
years. So God brought destruction upon them because of their failure to trust in his promises. There's a principle here that you and I must come to grips with as well. God's expectation is that we trust him. When we trust him, he brings about blessing. When we fail to trust him, he brings about cursing. Now, some people would argue God doesn't actively curse people. Well, I'm not going to yeah, I don't think God necessarily actually curses people, but he certainly removes his hand of blessing, and I think that's called a curse. If God's not blessing you, then something bad is happening to you. So, you know, you can split hairs over that all you want. And then he says in verse number three of Daniel 9, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. So here's the scene. Daniel knows that the 70 years are almost completed. He realizes they've been there 67 years. So he begins to seek God on behalf of Israel. Now, I'm sure that Daniel was thinking about how that God had told him about the future of the Gentile nations. And in chapter 7 of Daniel, we saw that where King Nebuchadnezzar built this, this huge statue and he said, you're the head of gold, and after you will come the Medes and the Persians, and after you will come the Greeks, and after you will come the Romans, then after the Romans will come a kingdom that is partly made of clay and partly made of iron. So God had already told Daniel the future of the Gentile nation. So now he wanted God to tell him about the future of Jerusalem. You know, something interesting here is that Daniel is probably around 85, 90 years old at this time. So he, so he is still serving the Lord. You know, we never get too old to serve God. And then Daniel in chapter 4 through 19, chap, not chapter 4 through, but verses 4 through 19, and I'm not going not gonna to read all these verses, but Daniel <clears throat> makes a prayer to the Lord. And he begins to pray about how that, you know, his, you know, they had turned their backs on God and how they'd been kicked out of the land. And, and now he's saying, oh, Lord, my God, incline your ear, open your eyes, see the, see the desolations in the city, which is called by your name. And he says, oh, Lord, God, hear, oh, Lord, forgive, oh, Lord, listen and act, do not delay. For your sake, my God, for your city, for your people who are called by your name. And then in verse number 20, something astonishing happens. Now, while I was speaking, praying, and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and I, it's neat how Daniel identifies with the sin of his people. In other words, he's not exempting himself from it. I was presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, a man, Gabriel, whom I'd seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, reached me about the time of the evening offering. So now Daniel's prayer is interrupted by an angel. The angel introduces himself as Gabriel. Now we know who Gabriel is. Gabriel is one of three angels that are mentioned by name in the Bible. We have Michael and we have Lucifer as well. And of course, Lucifer was the one that fell, the fallen angel. And then in verse number 22, notice, and he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I have now come forth to give you skill to understand. At the beginning of your supplications, the command actually went out, and I have come to tell you, for you are greatly beloved. Therefore, consider the matter and understand the vision. So here he's saying, Daniel, as soon as you began to pray, the supplications, as soon as you begin to lift up your supplications, the command went out. You know, we can learn from that. God always answers our prayers the moment that we pray them. The answers are yes, no, and wait. 
Why? Because we are greatly beloved. Of course, we love the yeses. Um, I'd rather a no than a wait, to be honest with you. But God does answer our prayers. And then in verse number 24, you get, we really get to the heart of the prophecy. And he says, 70 weeks are determined for your people and for your holy city to finish the transgression. In other words, during these 70 weeks, these things are going to happen. Going to finish transgression, going to make an end of sin, going to make reconciliation for iniquity, going to bring in everlasting righteousness, going to seal up vision and prophecy, and anoint the most holy. So here, these 70 weeks are 77s. You see, in our European culture, we use as as uh, as our smallest measure of year years decades. We think in tens in decades. The Jews, however, think in sevens, in what are called heptaths. They don't think in tens like we do. They think they think in sevens. They they think in they think in heptaths. That's H E P as in Paul, T A T H S. So here we see seventy weeks of seven. And 70 times 7 is 490 years. In other words, this prophecy that he is giving to Daniel, he's saying, is going to be fulfilled in a total of 490 years. And during that 490 years, six things are going to happen. Going to finish the transgression, which is willful sin. Going to make an end of sin, which is missing the mark. Going to make reconciliation for iniquity, which is a combination of sin and transgression. Going to bring in everlasting righteousness. Going to seal up vision and prophecy. And eventually anoint the most holy, or it could be translated the most holy place. I find it interesting. This is real interesting to me. They went into the promised land from the time they crossed the River Jordan until the time the Babylonians um, deported them out of the land. They were in there how long? You remember? 490 years. 490 years they were in the land. Every seventh year they're supposed to let the land rest. They didn't do that. 70 times 7, 490. God kicked them out of the land. 490 divided by 7, 70 years. Now he's given them another 490 years to do it right. (laughs) Isn't that interesting how God, the God of the second chance, um, now, when we look at these 490, and I'm not going to get all this today, but I'll, i got another minute or two, we know that the first three were fulfilled in Christ on the cross. I mean, on the cross, he, he, he finished transgression. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't transgress, and that's willful sin. It comes from the root word, root word to trespass. Now, trespass is a lot more wicked than just a regular sin. A sin is missing the mark. A sin means you wanted to, but you couldn't. Okay. A transgression means you knew better and you did it anyway. That's why the trespass offering in the Old Testament required much higher gift or a much bigger, more expensive sacrifice than the sin offering. So he says in the in in these 490 years, these things are going to happen, and we know that the first three happened at the cross. He made a way for us to be forgiven of willful sin, made a way for us to be forgiven of missing the mark or or just regular sin, and he did make reconciliation. He came to reconcile us to the Father. You see, Jesus didn't only come to forgive us of our sins. He came to forgive us of our sins so that we could be reconciled to the Father. But you and I both know 
there's no everlasting righteousness going on right now. And there's no sealing up a vision or prophecy going on right now. And certainly the most holy, if that's a reference to Jesus, or the most holy place, if it's a reference to, you know, the, the temple, it hasn't happened yet. So the last three will be fulfilled at the second coming of Jesus Christ. So the first three were fulfilled at the first coming. The, the second three will be, will be fulfilled at the second coming in Revelation chapter number 19. Because, I mean, you're sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. It's been a whole lot longer than 490 years. I mean, we went, we're in the thousands now. What happened? Well, apparently the clock stopped. The clock stopped with the crucifixion of the Messiah. And that's what we're going to talk about when we get together next time. God bless you guys. Hope that you have a great day. Remember, God loves you wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.